Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Back to College Summit. I'm Susanna, the host, and today we got Samantha here with us, and we're going to be talking about freelancing in college. We are also going to be in the live chat below, so if you want to ask Samantha or me any questions during this whole presentation, then feel free to like put it down in the chat. So Samantha, can you introduce yourself? What are yeah. your college experience? What are you doing right now? Yeah, so my name is Sam. I'm currently in Seattle, Washington, but I went to college in Florida. I went to this small liberal arts school called Flagler College, which nobody's heard of, and that's okay. And essentially, I studied English, and one of my biggest concerns studying English, as most people are, is that I would be like the best, most well-read person at Starbucks when I graduated, you know, making coffee. But luckily, I was able to freelance in college, and that sort of gateway me into a career that I still do now. So I graduated in 2017. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> and I now still freelance. I've been freelancing since then. And I'm so thankful that I started freelancing in college because I don't think I would have been able to like really hit the ground running otherwise, and it would have been so much harder. So it's really exciting to freelance full time, and I'm happy to talk about it today. That's great. How long have you been freelancing for? So you kind of just said it like since college. Did you start in freshman year or like more towards the end? I started my second to last year. I only went to school for three years because I like hustled through it. I was like, I got to get out of here. So I only only went for three years, but I started my second year and I sort of stumbled into it. Um, essentially, I was blogging in college um, a lot just for fun, like in 2016, which was pretty early for college blogging. There wasn't like a lot of competition at the time, which I 100% attribute to my success. Like if I was to start today, I do not know that it would be as easy to, to get anywhere with that. But at the time, it was really easy. There were like only a handful of blogs doing anything similar. So essentially, I was posting about like college life, study tips, that kind of thing. And there was apparently a market for that. And I got a lot of contacts in the college media space, I suppose. And my first client ended up being like a college blog that was on a bigger scale um, <laughs> that wanted to pay me to write, which was so cool. And yeah. that was basically how I started. And I didn't even realize freelancing was like a, an option. That's not really something we talked about in school, mm -hmm. which is ironic because I've gone back since then. And they were like, hey, can you talk about like freelancing? Because now they're trying to like push it mm -hmm. on students because it's such a big opportunity now where the, I think like five to six years ago, no one was really talking about it as a legitimate like career path. Yeah. So I think it's interesting how much it's changed. And yeah, I started in 2016. I mean, it wasn't like I was making like a ton of money my first few years. Um, I actually was working like almost full-time in college and I was able to eventually ditch those jobs, which was so nice, which was my only goal. It wasn't like I was making a lot of money, but it was enough to support myself. That's great. And then I took like a traditional role after college because I felt like that's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I worked for just like a normal marketing agency. And I realized like, no, thank you, sir. That was not for me. And I was meanwhile working like part-time on my freelancing. And then I just took it full-time, I believe in 2018. And I haven't stopped. That's amazing. Um, can you tell us something about what kind of jobs you have done so far? Yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion over like what specifically you can do freelancing and, and there's really a lot of anything. options. Yeah, there was a lot of options. Um, I started content writing, which was basically blog posts. Um, 
we branched out from there. I, that is my one true love. I prefer to do that. I feel like I'm best at that. But since then, because I started college blogging, um, I had a lot of other skills, which is why I totally recommend blogging just as like a passive activity because yeah. you're going to learn so much. And I started to learn a lot about marketing, email marketing, and like social media. And I was able to sort of include these as like add-on services for my clients. So today I do a lot of social media management, like for almost all of my clients. And that is so much fun. Like I get to post on TikTok. Oh my gosh, what a dream. Mm -hmm. And I get to do like Pinterest and all of these things. And then of course, like Instagram and Facebook. And I really enjoy that. Um, I also do some email management. So I help write emails. It's really easy when you're already writing like blog posts for clients to also handle their other content because like I'm writing it. So I know what they're doing. So it's a good transition. So I think it's so easy to start with something you're really confident with and then sort of use it as a stepping stone to something else that you might want to learn. Yeah. I asked on my Instagram story what people want to know about freelancing and the main question I got was where you find the jobs. Like, what, where did you find your first job? Was it on like a platform or did you? Yeah, that is the number one question, 100%. I feel like there's so much mystery around where you get these jobs. Like, you'll hear people having them, but you don't know, like, did they come out of thin air? Um, for me, the first few jobs did come out of thin air. They were offered to me, which I don't think is the norm, but I do have a lot of freelancing friends who have sort of hustled their way into it and it's completely possible and uh, the majority of my early clients I had to pitch myself on platforms like Upwork which is hit or miss and on platforms like pro job pro blogger job board is one for like content writing Um, I haven't used them in years so I can't comment on them today angel list is also really popular for startup companies looking to hire like a contractor Um, Those are my three biggest. I don't think you need to be on all of them. A lot of freelancers will start on what's called content mills, which is essentially where companies will just work with like this mill, which is like the middleman to mass produce content and the pay is garbage. But I do think there's still value in this if you're just trying to like get something in your portfolio and get some experience, the bar to enter is very low. So that could be a good opening if you're not sure if you even like freelancing because it's not for everyone. Um, Aside from that, I mean, it's just pitching and it's really a numbers game. And there are times when when it's dry, (laughs) it's really hard to find clients. Um, If you just keep at it, eventually they'll come to you. I'm at the point where most of my clients come through referrals, but it definitely was not always that way. And there were times when it was really like stressful to find clients. So Mm -hmm. that's something to keep in mind if you want to pursue freelancing is that it is not an easy way to find work all the time. And sometimes you're going to just like naturally find the perfect fit in a client and other times it's going to be the complete opposite. Yeah. Do you have any networking tips for getting those jobs if it comes to those like referrals? Yeah, I mean, if you have a really good experience with a client or even just any business that you've done work for, even if it's on a volunteer basis, I know that in college I was able to do some internships. It's a great time to like, do an unpaid internship, which I hate things that are unpaid, but I do think there's some value in it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're able to build those relationships, that's why in college is so great because you have more opportunities for that than asking for a referral or just asking if they would write you a really nice review. If you're using like Upwork, you can leave reviews, Mm -hmm. which is, you can even leave them from outside the platform, which is really nice because that that builds so much trust in future clients. And then offering your own website or blog, if you're able to have some kind of testimonial that you highlight, I think that really sells yourself more than than you could say how good you are all day, but no one's really going to just take your word for it. So having that extra 
brand or company behind you is also great. And if you're not able to get referrals, try to get your name out there in other ways. Like I tried to really focus on guest posting on some pretty high level websites in my niche. And I think that was one of the best ways to get some kind of authority in the industry without necessarily needing to have this long list of contacts because that can be intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, So if you, if you want to write on like a big website, pitch them, a lot of them are open to guest contributors. You don't need to like have any experience or skill level really. Like as long as you can write that content, like you're probably good to go. And then you have that big website behind you. So that's always great. Yeah. So just be confident and just pitch yourself and always ask for referrals. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Yes. (laughs) Do you have any tips for how to know what kind of job fits you most? Is it like based on what you like, what you're good at, maybe what you do as a hobby? Definitely all of the above. Um, If you're you're blogging in your free time, um, then you probably already know how you feel about a lot of things like marketing, social media, and writing. And if anything sounds like you can do it for for money, then why not try? But I think a lot of it just comes from experience. Um, I know that I've tried things with clients that I've been like, you know what, I never need to do that again. Like for PR outreach, for instance, which is dreadful and not for me. And I just, I'll try it. And if it's not for me, I probably won't try to do it again or I'll charge more for that service. But I think, I think a lot of it just comes from experience. And I think there's not much really understood about like the average day of a freelancer and some of the tags like that happen behind the scenes mm-hmm. and you won't really know until you try. So I think just <laughs> seeing how it goes go um, it, is a yeah. great way to learn. Um, I write about different topics all the time. I, I tried to start off in like my favorite niches, which is like travel, lifestyle, but people don't really pay for those. So I quickly learned that like, I need to learn some new things if I want to actually make money. Um, not that you can't make money writing about those things. It will just be much more challenging to find high paying opportunities. And so finding new things you're interested in can totally help. I now write mostly about marketing and estate planning randomly enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you'll never know what you like until you really look into it. So I think right, it's, it's good to be open. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any time management tips for juggling college with freelancing? Oh yeah. It was so stressful in college. I mean, it's hard when you're in college because you're not used to having like deadlines outside of school. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have like a traditional part-time job, it's unlikely that you're really like worried about it in your free time or like worried about like these really complex client relationships don't really come up in like if you're working at like a shop. So that was a, a definite learning experience. But I think just being really strict with yourself and finding times that work for you and making sure that you don't overextend yourself. So it's so tempting to say yes to every opportunity. And some clients will will push you there. Like, oh, I need this. I need this by tomorrow. I need this by the end of the week. And you're like, but actually I have so many other things happening. So it's important to know when to say no, if you can, it's so hard. And I'm not the perfect person to, to say no, but I, I think that is key and then learning like your own boundaries. Maybe it's like, I can only take on this much work a week because I clearly have academic commitments and they need to come first. So finding those boundaries for yourself is going to be so important and just learn to say no. Yeah. I would imagine like at the start of the school year, maybe there's not that many school things to submit, like in college, you can take on more jobs at the start and maybe by the end. Like oh yeah, by the end, you're going to want to take jobs. <laughs> Is there anything you wish you didn't or did do when you first started? I wish 100% in the beginning that I charged more. 
I, I regret it so much. I went so long thinking that I couldn't ask for more money because like I wasn't good enough. I was too young. I had a lot of issues. Like I was always afraid to go to an interview like on video because they would see that I was like a 12 year old. And I thought they would be like, no, because um, I was like 21 when I was like pitching really big clients. And I was like, I'm so afraid that they're going to be like that girl's five years old. Like she doesn't actually deserve like a lot of pay. And, and I regret that because I totally could have charged more so many times. And I put up with like more than I should have just because I was new. And I thought that was normal. And I would highly recommend anyone who's starting to just charge more than you think you should. I've always like astounded myself when I ask for more money and I get it. I have actually <laughs> never been told no when I, for like most clients, I guess, if, if they did say no, I didn't want to work with them. Yeah. Um, and if you just say, like literally ask for more money and you'll probably get it. And it's hard to, to see that compared to like a regular part-time or even full-time job because the pay is different because you have to account for things like administrative time and paying your own taxes and things like that. So what you might get paid at like an in-person agency and what you might pay your, like as a freelancing um, contractor, completely different rates. So yeah. I wish I knew that. <laughs> I, I definitely messed up and I now make a hard and fast rule of, of charging more than I think I should. Yeah, you'll learn from it and always know your worth. So now everyone yeah. who's watching this knows that. <laughs> Yes. And it's so normal. I don't know a single freelancer who like yeah, doesn't wish they charge more. <laughs> Those are all the freelancing related questions. Would you like to tell us something about your podcast, what you do, where everyone watching can go to get more of you? Yeah. So I've been podcasting also since I think 2018 or 2019. Um, I started it as like a way to share my post-college experience because I found the year like after college to be one of the most difficult of my life because <laughs> I had thought like my life was just going to go seamlessly into like a normal full-time job. And then to realize that was a hundred percent not going to work for me was a big adjustment. And I, I was like, I really want to talk about this. So I talk about it on my blog a lot on samanthability.com, but I also talk about it on my podcast Offbeat Grad because that was just a place for me to essentially explain my, my own life, trying to freelance full-time and trying to blog full-time. And I, I've been able to connect to so many other people who have followed similar paths. And I think just being able to hear from another college grad who maybe didn't like the traditional nine to five landscape is, is really helpful. Um, even if you don't decide to freelance full time or freelance in college, I think learning about other ways to make money is always valuable. And it's really good to be open about these things, because especially for women, at least, I feel like we we don't always share a lot of personal information about like how much we make. And we need to sort of <laughs> be really open about that. So I try to be really truthful. I, I, I literally share my income. <laughs> I share my <laughs> everything. I share some issues I have with clients, usually yeah. clients I'm no longer working with. Um, I'm pretty open about like the ups and downs. And I think I think it's good to have like a refreshing conversation. Yeah, that's like really that. helpful. And also like when you go to college, like no one's telling you to like start your own business or do freelancing. Like, everyone's like pushing you to get a job. And I'm just like, I'm like you. I'm like, no, I want my own business. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that's really missing in a lot of colleges. And it's weird because since I graduated, my college added like a whole class on like writing for the web and like these things. And I'm like, where was that? Yeah. But okay. <laughs> I like to think that I inspired it because I went back and I was like mad at them. 
But anyway, yeah, I think it was super useful. Um, blogging in college was the best thing I ever did. And it's so easy to start your own blog, even if you're just using it as a portfolio website, even if you're just sharing your resume or just posting things you do for school. I just, I'm so thankful that I did that. And I, I highly encourage anyone, even if you're not interested in freelancing, yeah. like first of all, you can make a lot of money on a blog and it's yeah, very it's inexpensive. It's a good side hustle and you'll learn so many useful skills that can apply to any job, not yeah, just freelancing. Yeah. Yeah. I've put it on my, I've always put it on my, on my resume. And I think that it's, it's such a standout thing. Like I've had a lot of talks with employers about it and it's such a great thing to point someone to if they're like, Oh, I want to learn more. You're like, Oh, well I have a website and then you can make, you can make business cards. Um, it just looks really professional and you'll look like you're really motivated to try new things because you are. And it's really cool. Yeah. So everyone check out her podcast. I did listen to one of the episodes that was about like your, I think it was like 2020, like overview of like what you made. I was like, yeah, really I was like, I would tell people what I make. <laughs> Definitely go and check out her podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so important to talk about money. I think there's such a stigma around it. And then when I was starting as a freelancer, like I wish I knew how much I could make because I would have never like wasted my time trying mm -hmm. to do like things that, that weren't right for me. Yeah. And I think it just helps me be more accountable. Thank you so much for all your tips. I'm sure it was really helpful for everyone watching. Don't forget to grab your workbook in the past if you haven't done so already. So you can write down all the key points. And if you do want to do freelancing, you can refer back to it and also rewatch this video. Thank you so much, Samantha, for joining us. Yeah, thanks. This was so fun. So we are in the live chat right now. So if you have any more questions, feel free to ask them up, um, down below or next to the video. And yeah, see you guys in the next interview. Bye.